Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's Word in our lives. Hey everyone, welcome to Conversations. This is Karen Conley in with Chris Conley, and we are here to talk about week two of Set Apart and Blessed. Uh, blessed and Set Apart. Oh yeah, Blessed and Set Apart. What's so, the tagline? Like, you know, in this husband-wife thing, like I work really hard on these titles and on all these cool phrases, and then you say them backwards. I'm sorry, I'm working <laughs> on that. So our next series is going to be on perfectionism. <laughs> and I think I wrote a book on that, so we'll skip that one too. But um, yeah, so what's the name of the series? Blessed and Set Apart, Discover the Rhythms of Rest and Renewal. Okay, so we are teaching on the Sabbath. And um, we are um, the pot calling the kettle black right now because um, this particular week we have not done anything remotely close to have a Sabbath. Um, But this is an exciting series for us. This has been something that obviously is one of the Ten Commandments, um, is critical for all of us, but it's something that is so easy in our culture to minimize, to forget, and to just really just kind of blow by as if we're better people because we're really busy instead of trying to do things God's way. And so this obviously hits us right between the eyes because we tend to be pretty busy people. Um, But I'm excited because I think um, it is bringing some truths back into focus. And our hope is that through this conversation, it will help you as we just kind of unpack this series and this particular message today. So Chris, as we're starting out in the second week of the series, kind of set the stage for what was unique about this particular message. One of the things that just jumped out at me is the concept that time is holy. That we always think about, you know, time in the respect that I don't have enough time. And we think about time as our most precious commodity. And then we think about time really is money in many ways. And so to then step back for a second and go, whoa, wait a second. The first time God uses the word holy It is in relationship to the Sabbath in that he sets a period of time, a 24-hour period of time apart and says, make it holy. You know, so how does that influence the way we think about the Sabbath? How should that influence the way we prioritize the Sabbath? How should it influence what we do on the Sabbath? So in the message, which I love this, it's, okay, let's understand what scripture says. And then let's figure out how do we apply it today. And you gave a lot of context um, and and you talked about hermeneutics and the first, you just were referencing the first time that God uses the word holy, it's in reference to time. I never would have, if, you know, put me on jeopardy, I never would have answered that (laughs) one. Um, And so in that concept, it, it feels like when I think about the Sabbath, I think it's a great idea. But it's harder to do than you'd think. Right. So for a moment, then let me flip the tables and interview you. Okay, go for it. Okay. Because honestly, both of us struggle with the Sabbath. Um, There's been seasons where we've been better at it than not. Here recently, we haven't been very good at it. Um, Now we have the accountability of the teaching series that we've got to become good at it. But we're wired a little bit differently. So talk about just given the way that you're wired, you know, in the sense that you are very responsible, you have a strong work ethic, you always have a to-do to list, you know, 
what what are the challenges of the Sabbath that you have to work through in order to truly set that day apart? Let me answer that in two ways. Um, our stage of life right now uh, lends itself more to a Sabbath. And I think it's super important that we acknowledge that because if you are a mom and you are home with small children, having a Sabbath feels like a trick because it is hard to be restful and to refill and refuel when children don't understand, like, oh, this day is supposed to be different. Leave mom alone. Like, that's not going to happen. So so I think there's the challenges of what does that look like in a home where you have young children that maybe aren't old enough to understand it or care? Um, what does that look like? I think there's that answer. Right. And, and just while you're there, speak to that for a second, because there were things that we Yeah. So I think in that context, um, the Sabbath has to be a team event. Uh, If you're in a family with small children, it has, it does, and you referenced this today, it takes some intentionality. It takes, okay, what are we going to do in preparation for that day so that it truly does serve its purpose? Um, So it is a husband and wife and you and I, we would swap. So, you know, every other Saturday, you were the first one up and you would go, you know, and you made it fun. You would take the kids and go out and do donuts or whatever the case may be. Always Uh, do donuts. Always. Dads and donuts. You know, we're all, you know, the the moms are like, let's eat healthy. And the dads are like, donuts. Um, But so, you know, you would go, but that allowed an empty house. So I didn't have to wake up at the crack of dawn and I didn't have to get up and feed children. And it just, it did. It provided, it wasn't an all day thing, but then we'd swap. So you'd come home and I would take over. And that kind of allowed our morning to have that focus on the Lord. Um, and then to let the rest of the day unpack to know it is about celebrating the gifts, including the children that God gave you. So I do think there has to be some planning so it actually is restful for both of you. Um, but I also think it has to be something where you have a realistic expectation. If you think the Sabbath is just being quiet and resting, you'll be sorely disappointed by the end of the day because you're not going to sustain that all day with a house full of kids. But if it is, oh, no, this is about the Lord and the gifts and family, then you're going to have that balance and you can get to the end of the day with joy, knowing you had some rest and some fun with your family. So there's the part about being a mom that I think just to acknowledge, just so it is possible to have a Sabbath as a mom, but you need to have a team effort. And I know obviously there are single moms. And again, sometimes that team effort involves a friend and sometimes you got to get creative. Yeah. And real quick, just a quick interruption on that. It's also important, like on a scale of one to 10, don't expect every Sabbath to be a 10, you know, like, okay, um, a six or a seven is a pretty good day and it's better than a day of busyness. All right. So I think that's, and I think that is very true. Um, Sometimes in spiritual things, and I guess we do this in all things in life, but I am aware of it in spiritual context that we do. It's like, I'm going to have a priority time. I haven't been having one and it better be a 10. Well, if it wasn't a 10, then I'm going to stop. Well, that's, that's just crazy. Um, Normalize these things and that life is still going to happen. But exactly what you said, if you had a little bit of time with the Lord and it was a more restful day than you've been intentional about in the past, consider it a victory and know that you'll, you know, just like everything else, the more that you do it, you'll find what works and what doesn't work and you'll enjoy it more. And 
not everyone's going to be a 10 anyway. So that's the one aspect is just being a mom, I think is important to acknowledge. And then the other one I think you were referring to initially really is just kind of the way that I'm wired. And um, that just kind of over responsible. Um, I think responsibility is my best strength and my biggest weakness. And so in that way, there is just a part of a Sabbath that, that it's not as easy as it seems. Like my mind goes back to what I need to be doing and when am I going to do that? And would I feel better if I just started and got some of that done? Because, you know, tomorrow's going to be for us, we do a Sabbath Friday night to Saturday evening. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'm thinking tomorrow's Sunday and then comes Monday and we've got a bunch of stuff going on. So there is that part of just having to truly go if I can't rest, then there's something wrong with with what I've committed to. There's too much stuff. God didn't say to keep the Sabbath and then make it an impossibility for us. If there's too much on my plate, then I need to reprioritize or I need to just go, it can wait till Monday. It is okay to, you know, just take a break and not do that. So those are kind of the things that I do just think you have to acknowledge that some personality types, it's going to be like, woo, great, this is fun. And I have no problem checking out. And then for some of us, it's a little bit more like, no, like, I know this is what I need to do. But it's going to take me being intentional to not slip into work mode. Well, and I think it's also a little bit easier to give yourself permission to rest on this day, if you take it from the context that, no, this is literally a day that God has given me, and that that if I will actually spend the time doing some of the things that, you know, fill me up, you know, in, in that sense of, okay, well, allow some time to be unhurried in your devotional time. Allow some time to be unhurried, you know, in your prayer life, you know, give yourself permission, whether it's to read a book or whether it's just to listen, you know, go for a bike ride and listen to worship music. Give yourself permission to, to kind of get lost in the time versus always having to measure the time in, in, in that you don't have to go, well, you know, I'm going to do this in 20 minutes because I got to go to work. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we say this all the time, you know, unhurried doesn't mean unending, but that is the beauty of a Sabbath is whatever that period of time is that you, you can just have that freedom. So Chris, as you think about, you started interviewing me, any other questions you have for me? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. You like to spur those on me, but, um, as we think about it though, I thought one of the things that was really helpful and, and I don't know why it shouldn't be this complicated, but it feels like practical examples are very helpful um, because I do think that the stereotype of a Sabbath doesn't feel fun. It feels like I should pray for 12 hours or um, I shouldn't do a bunch of things. And so I love the fact that, um, you know, that there are some practical things to say, okay, what are those things that are a distraction? What are those things that just need to be turned off? within the confines of, of reality, you know, you've got to have, if you've got to have access to your kids and they need to call you, yeah, you probably have to keep your phone, but it just giving yourself permission to let go of some things that you don't let go of the rest of the week. Um, I also loved, you know, just a day to be content. 
a day to relax, a day to be happy. And I don't think, you know, as you said that, and we were sitting there, I was like, okay, but for some people in some seasons, they are sad. So you're not saying flip a switch. What are you saying in that context, though, if you're saying it's not a day to be sad, but it's a day to be happy, taking that into consideration that everybody's going through a high or a low in their life? I know that there's more behind that. Yeah. So, I mean, we all understand that we walk through the valley sometimes. But what Scripture does say is that Jesus is the lily of the valley, that there's even beauty in the valley, and that we have different perspectives from the low point. And sometimes, you know, in our need, we see in a greater way the goodness of God. We see in a greater way the provision of God. Uh, We see our dependency upon God. Um, You know, honestly, there's times that um, we're we're less prideful and we become more humble. And so I, I think it's gaining perspective you know, it's it's being intentional to find what are the things that I am grateful for. And so how can I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? How can I literally practice some praise? Like there are seasons where honestly, I didn't want to praise God. Um, and and I, in my preference, I'd, I'd want to be grumpy and I'd rather complain. But what I need to do is I need to focus on the things that are good. You know, I need to dwell on these things. I need to think on these things. And so uh, there are times you need to elevate your thoughts and, and not allow your feelings to force you into negative thoughts, but then to actually change your thoughts. And when you change your thoughts, you'll change your feelings. I love that. And I do think that's important to acknowledge. Um, no one's saying fake it till you make it. Um, but it is saying, okay, um, I am going to find the things that I'm grateful for. And you can in your, in your Sabbath to be honest with the Lord, but there's always, and I can say this, you know, better now with more credibility now than I could several years ago. There's always good that you can find. You can, you will find what you look for. So if you're looking at things and everything's going wrong on your Sabbath, you will find that. But if you're looking for God's faithfulness, just the fact that you're there and that you're honoring a Sabbath is something to celebrate. Well, and, and there were times in some of our lowest moments, and, and I still battle these moments, that I needed to listen to worship music to help me express some emotions that I couldn't quite articulate, uh, some emotions that were I was struggling to express. And, you know, people say that music is the language of the soul, And there were times that there would be something in a worship song, typically, not always a worship song. It could be any type of song. But there were times that the music unlocked something. And it gave me the ability to feel some feelings that maybe I wouldn't feel otherwise. But it doesn't leave me in the low place. The worship music brings me out of, you know, the valley And it begins to speak promises into my life and causes me to begin to believe that the goodness of God is still available to me as well. Chris, um, one of the phrases that I wrote down in my notes, um, you were talking about um, realizing that we have a generous God. Like, why would he give us a Sabbath? 
and to think maybe it wasn't out of a place of rules and obligation. It was out of a place of him being a generous God. And then maybe the contrast of it being so hard was kind of a stinger um, of just saying, maybe we've become greedy. Maybe that's why that day is so hard. What would be the backstory to, to that particular contrast or anything you'd want to add to well, that? Well, the, the most frequent excuse I hear people give for struggling to walk with God is I don't have time. And here he's saying, I have set apart, I have modeled before you six days of work, one day of rest, and I have given you one full day to prioritize me, uh, to recognize who I am, to, you know, enjoy my presence. And then I believe that when we do that, I believe it does make it easier for us to remember him every day, easier for us to practice the presence of God on a daily basis. And so I think when we skip that one day, then it makes it easier for us to skip every day. And so time is a battle in many regards, and we need to win the battle of time. And it's very difficult to say you love someone and yet you never spend time with them. You know, it's, it's difficult to have a meaningful, you know, friendship if you've never spent time communicating. You know, if someone never listens to you, you get offended eventually. And so what we have to do is we can't say that we're going to have, you know, a close walk with God or, you know, a powerful walk with God and never spend time with God. The only way you get to know someone is by being with someone. Well, I, I just think there's, there's probably more room for growth and joy out of this particular um, step of obedience. If this is an area that you're not practicing, like what actually could be the fruit of this um, in your spiritual walk and in your relationships? And there's, again, not many other things that you can actually think, what could I, what one decision could I make that would really holistically make that improvement? And I know you mentioned that in your message, and I'm just agreeing with you. It's true. It's if this one area could really make a huge difference. I mean, it's like the basics of the basics, you know, I mean, it, it's, you know, um, put the big rocks in first, but we know that intellectually, but just rarely do we do it. And so I think if we just truly put this priority in place, it is a priority of blessing. It is to be blessed, you know, but in order to be blessed, you need to honor the commandment. You need to set it apart and the blessing follows. Uh, the blessings not doesn't come with just your knowledge of it. Oh, I was supposed to have a Sabbath. The blessing comes as you honor the Sabbath. You live into the fullness of the Sabbath. You begin to receive all the promises of God. There's not a downside to spending time with God, spending time with the people you love, and then thanking God for all the ways he's provided for you and then actually enjoying some of the provisions of God. Why do we resist that? Mm, that's, yes, you're right. You're right. So as we wrap up this particular podcast, um, one of the things that you talked about was um, just to have fun with this, to make it your favorite day of the week, to create traditions. Um, and so just a shout out. And again, let's um, also just add the practical reality. Um, don't make this such a project that you don't start it, you know, like, oh, well, I have to have this grandiose plan in place. And, you know, I couldn't, I didn't have time this week to make it work. And I don't have all the pieces in place. So I'm not going to do it till, you know, just start 
and then allow it to grow and bring your family into that. If you're a grandparent and, and you, you know, talk to your adult children, if they live in town or whatever to say, Hey, you know, what would it look like that we could bless you guys occasionally on that? Or, um, how could we, if you, just find ways to include the people you love and to make it a joyful thing and allow it to grow over time. You don't have to have a great master plan. Yeah, You want to find two or three things that are the common denominators that everyone enjoys. And, and obviously you want to make sure worship is one of those. But then include variety. Not every Sabbath needs to be the same. So like there are certain things that we might say, oh, well, you know, we're going to do this on the fourth you know, Sunday of each month or whatever it might be. But variety is the spice of life, you know, in that way. And so uh, be creative, make memories, um, fully enjoy what this day holds for you. And, And when you do that, it'll be a no regret decision. All right, guys, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Um, If this has been helpful to you and you know someone else who's hurried that needs to really prioritize um, God's best way of walking things out, uh, refer them to the podcast and come check us out at One City and we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's message, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us to prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.